Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Movies Are Real for the month of July. It is throwing me off because we're actually ahead of the game for once here on this fine podcast product. I am here with Ryan Lance. It's me, professional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with shorts as usual. Shorts as usual. Yeah. But you'll notice there's also a flannel and some glasses. Yes, George. exactly. And finally, the whole look. Right. For you audio listeners. Yes. Uh, Carrie, how are yeah. you doing? Uh, less professional, but I'll try and hold my own here with, okay. the, with the movie gamer pros. Movie gamer pros, and I'm, of course, George. That's what we should have named the podcast. That is what <laughs> we should have everything. Uh, we're here to discuss the movies of the month prior, what we're looking forward to the me- next month. Uh, July is the... 2019. Fun- July 2019, not July 2014. We're not talking Definitely about... Definitely not July 20... No, not July 2003. We're not I talking Robot about iRobot. iRobot is not coming out. <laughs> no. It is out, and we have seen it. Shia LaBeouf, uh, please be excited. No, July. We're in the middle of summer. Uh, it's kind of been, a, you know... Meh. I guess the biggest, one of the biggest Disney releases of the summer came out, and I just think everyone just feels apathetic about it, but we'll get to it. Uh, but before we do that, uh, speaking of fine Disney properties... Uh, which could be anything, really. We could be talking. I, they, they own I, Disney owns iRobot now, huh? I just thought about that. Was iRobot a Fox? Thing? Yeah, it was a Fox thing. So they That's... own iRobot. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got their money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man: Far From Home. They made another Spider Man movie, a sequel to Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, Ryan, it turns out you're the only person here who saw this motion picture. Yes, I am the resident uh, Spider Man fanatic because yeah. I look just like Peter Parker. And is that why you wore that today? No, I'm just <laughs> sad. A heavy, a heavy cross to bear. A heavy cross. I know. I, I did it for all of you. I watched Spider Man: Far From Home because I know that's what people wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. So if anyone has seen Homecoming or a little movie that came out called Avengers Endgame, which people were very excited that became the highest grossing film of all time. Oh, yeah. You know, thank God the Disney movie made more than the Disney movie. Yeah, thank really God. Really is. The we, re- we really defeated them, guys. We really took down James Cameron. I saw a tweet that was like, the blues always yeah. held on a beat. Or no, the greens always held on a beat. beat the blues, blues always, always held on a beat. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, shout out to Zoe Zeldana, I guess. <laughs> she probably isn't getting paid as much as she should be, but probably, probably not. Uh, so yeah, uh, Spider-Man, Tom Holland's back. Uh, you know, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal has joined the crew. Zendaya is here, so I'm excited Ooh. to see, uh, hear, like, how she ODs in this episode of Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, the, 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 the general gist is pretty much it takes place, uh, straight after, um, Avengers Endgame. Everyone's yeah. all sad about Iron Everyone's Man, Everyone's all sad. Oh my god, everyone. <laughs> like, 40 I'm seconds. Get, I'm gonna get it. Okay, so everyone doesn't know, um. Spoilers for Endgame. I deeply hate Iron Man in the Marvel, in the Marvel series of films. Mm-hmm. It began, like, okay, this guy's, this guy's fun. But then the more movies they went on, like, they can't progress his character. It's just no, he's just still really so the same guy. So he's still the same, like, obnoxious jackass. And even, like, the stuff that, like, happens in his life that you would think changes him, he's still, like... Yeah. I guess, like, like you know, there's, like, the base personality is still yeah. the smarmy, like, fun jokester And, guy. like, I've always been the word one because I feel like he peaked in, like, Iron Man 3. And people hate yes. that movie. And I would have thought that after Iron Man 3, his, like, character would have changed. It would have yeah. been less aggressive. But no, and... 
Age of Ultron, he's the exact same person. To be fair, that movie wasn't great, but yeah. It's true. That movie is one of the worst ones it is. of the Marvel films. But um, he stays the same, and spoiler alert for Endgame, I guess, uh, he died, and everyone is so sad. <laughs> and in Spider-Man Far From Home, everyone won't shut up about how sad they are that Iron Man is gone. Everyone is... But also, Tony Stark, the most uh, important, like, father figure in Peter Parker's life in this yeah, universe. Oh, oh, of course. So, also <laughs> that. Also yeah. that. And yeah. he's dead now, so... And he's dead. The mo- really, the, the thing that will drive him to be a better hero. Yes, exactly. Nothing else has, and nothing else will. But, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, a, si- a side note to that, um, I was reading um, an article that, w- that was like, Uncle Ben is referenced in Far From Home, and I was like, what? And there's a scene where Peter packs a suitcase for London, you know, and the briefcase has, has like initials uh, BP for Ben Parker. And like, he was in the movie. This, every, Ben, he died in the movie. Everything comes together. And it's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean any, whatever. Um, he's died. Peter is having this pressure on him to be the next Iron Man. It's a, very difficult for him. And then he eventually decides that he, you know, just wants to go on this vacation uh, with his friends, with Zendaya, wants to tell Zendaya how much he loves her, which, you know, a feeling that I feel yes. inside my heart as well. <laughs> Zendaya, um, who is Mary Jane in this who series. Is, she's, she's MJ. She's right, not Mary it's Jane. just MJ. She's right. Michelle, but she goes by MJ because they can't make Mary Jane black. They, instead, they just call her Michelle. And the very end of Homecoming, they give her the nickname MJ, and it's all cool. They never mention... Okay. No, on. they never mention that her name's Michelle. They just call her MJ the whole movie. It's weird, and I don't get why they didn't just make her Mary Jane. It's like they're, whatever, back, it's like they're backpedaling, but whatever. It, it's a great movie, you know? It's a great, fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, he gets to London, and there's these <laughs> creatures called the Elementals. One's fire, earth, wind, and water. And they're attacking everything, and Jake Gyllenhaal is Mysterio, a hero from another dimension who has come to Earth because his dimension was destroyed by the Elementals, and he wants to save um, Peter's Earth from the Elementals, and Nick Fury has to help, has to get Peter and Mysterio to work together to defeat the Elementals, all while he has to pretend to be on the trip, or else his friends will uh, possibly suspect that he's Spider-Man, because God forbid. Doesn't his best friend already know he's Spider-Man? Yeah, but he doesn't want MJ to know, and there's, oh. there's a bunch of other kids on the trip. Okay. Including um, J.B. Smoothes, who is great and is underused in the movie, but whatever. You want to think that the most important like father figure in his life Tony Stark would have taught him that it doesn't matter. You just tell everyone, I'm Spider-Man. But, yeah, yeah whatever. Well, you know, uh, anyways. With big power comes great responsibility. I think Iron Man said that. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Um, but, yeah, as you're, you joke, but that is essentially the, what this movie is. It, oh. it is. it generally is, you know, him dealing with Tony Stark's death. And um, the MacGuffin of the movie is... Um, Nick Fury uh, goes to Peter and he's like, hey, Tony Stark, up to these. And he gives him the glasses that Tony Stark wears. And these glasses have this AI in them that control these satellites that basically have control over the entire world. He can like look at them and see what, what's on everyone's phone. He can use them to summon missiles. Um, they're basically this ultimate thing that he gives a 16-year-old boy. Why did Tony Stark? Have yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, was, I guess he peddled in weapons of mass destruction. And he yeah, sold but that, to everyone else. But in Civil War, he decided to. Oh right. To to give you know the governments right. of the world 
total control of what he does. So it doesn't make any sense why he would have this weapon. Mm. And why he would give them to a 16-year-old boy. But whatever. It's a great, fun <laughs> movie that makes so much sense. Um, I will say this. Jake Gyllenhaal, like with everything, is fantastic. That's the one thing movie. I've heard about this movie. Um, because he is he is great. The one flaw is, spoiler, the guy whose name is Mysterio and played by Jake Gyllenhaal ends up being a bad guy. Wow. And he has a monologue where he reveals his plan and it goes on for a lot longer and like it's entertaining at first like oh okay but then it keeps going it's like <laughs> hmm it, it, it literally is like you're, you're watching like a children's like tv show it's like i am the villain and i will tell you the audience my whole scheme even though because he's telling the scheme to like his henchmen so it doesn't make sense why he's exploiting the scheme that they oh, okay. already know it's like day one at the yeah okay. exactly he's like, he's it's, hired it's, them. it's, it's, it's very weird <laughs> Um, but yeah, then Peter has to, you know, uh, take on Mysterio. And I will say the Mysterio combat stuff is fun because his whole thing is like illusions and mystery. And Peter has to basically learn to use his spire sense to, you know, stop him. Mm -hmm. That's all fun. Um, I will say, though, this is the exact same movie as Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh. It is the exact same movie. Um, Jake, Without Michael Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal's motives are because he hates Tony Stark, much like how Michael Keaton's motives are because he hates Tony Stark. Right. And then Peter has to deal with a guy that Tony Stark fucked over. Oh, same. again, which is interesting because you know people's uh, criticism of the other Spider-Man movies is that they're all basically the same plot, but this has the same plot as the last Spider-Man movie. Again, you know, whatever. Um, this movie is fine. Um, without getting into like, if you're a big Spider-Man fan, it's fine. It does a lot more of ignoring a lot of Spider-Man, like, integral things that I like about him in, in trying to do something new and interesting, but it's not really new or interesting. It just feels like... Because, you know, Marvel owns... Marvel is able to use Spider-Man in their movies now, but it feels like they're only able to use Spider-Man. It feels like they're not able to do anything else with his, like, big cast of characters. They're just able to make a Spider-Man movie with just Spider-Man. And it's very weird and awkward. Well, this isn't this is strange. Isn't this actually technically a Sony project though? It is technically a Sony okay, project. Okay, right. But it's still weird that they're not able to. But Marvel still has to sign off on it. Yeah, I guess, right? basically Marvel makes it, and Sony just pretends. Pretends like they. Okay. Yeah, it's very it's very strange. Um, I will say I think Carrie, you know how the the Ankrat sequence. It has a cameo that is very very good, but the result of that cameo. Um, leads into one of my least favorite Spider-Man arcs in the combat in the comics, and it's super uninteresting. And the end end credit scene um, basically um, solves a glaring plot hole in a way that's kind of stupid. And I don't want to spoil that, but it's frustrating and annoying. And it's like, ugh, ugh, it's this is a generic ass movie. Okay. And you know, not is this movie worth five dollars for me watching it? Five dollars, I would say five dollars. I would say five. Every time I'm like, it's Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Like, yeah. On Tuesday. Now you know what, Spider Man? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it. How much Zendaya is in this? Zendaya wasn't in it a Zendaya lot. Zendaya is in this a lot more. Okay, she that's good. She obviously doesn't do anything because she's a woman she, in a Marvel movie. Does she have any more female yeah, right. t shirts? Does, she have, <laughs> does like a, she have a, a Virginia Woolf t shirt at one uh, point she, or something? She probably does. <laughs> That'd be great. She does, mm -hmm. she does a lot more of her, like, uh, like just calling Wokeness. people out of, the, yeah. of her wokeness and it's very fun um but yeah she, she again she's great jake gyllenhaal's great tom holland is a weird 
mixed bag of. He's so, he just seems like a weird guy in general, though. Yeah. Seems like an awkward guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Spider Man Far From Home, bad title, not a great movie. I hear this movie did very well. It, it made a billion dollars. What the Jesus fuck? Christ. It, it is the most profitable Spider Man movie of all time. Woo! Wow, Whoa, right? shit. Okay, fuck me. All you did was Jake Gyllenhaal, baby. Oh, man. Or. Or have a giant Marvel movie come out. Yeah, after, later, yeah. Two months I will before. say that this is the first Marvel movie I've skipped in a very long time, and I feel really happy about it's, that. It's, I think the thing, well, maybe not because this movie's doing well, but I feel like the thing is going to happen that we reached such, like the thing we've been building for years and years, like it happened already. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now it just kind of feels like, there, I'm excited for Blade. Like we don't talk about news a lot, but... The fact that we're making Blade with the guy from Moonlight and the guy oh, from... Yeah. yeah, it's fucking... That's very in, good. So excited. Uh, Thankfully, though, there's a big gap. Like, the next Marvel movie isn't until next May, and that's a Black Widow movie, which I feel yay. like everyone can skip. <laughs> Let's be real here. Because if a Black Widow movie came, like, three years ago, I feel like people would have been excited. Yeah, But maybe now it's four. like... Doing this, didn't she die? Yeah. Like, really die? Yeah. It's got Hellboy in it, though. Yeah, but he just plays a guy, though. Like, I... like New Hellboy or... New uh, New Hellboy. Oh. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I know Ron Perlman's name. David Harbour. David Harbour. Oh, the Stranger Things guy? Yeah. Oh, he was Hellboy? He was Hellboy? Yeah. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That movie did not do good. I (laughs) want to watch it. (laughs) I like like Stranger Things. I, I also like Stranger Things. I still haven't watched... Two and three. Yeah. I think you would like them, especially three. Three is very good. I three. haven't even finished the new season of Queer Eye yet. I'm fucking, oh. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, our studio, oh, audience. So, <laughs> studio audience is very upset about this. Um, it's fine. Um, <laughs> let's talk about. Let's talk about an interest. I'm interested to see like everyone's takes on. Yeah, so movie. I think this probably the next movie on our list is Midsummer, and this is probably apart from It Chapter Two. This is probably our most highly anticipated movie of the year as a collective. As a collective, uh, or maybe even you, Carrie, because like. I mean, well, for me, because I loved Hereditary right. so much, so I was very excited about this, and. And certainly the marketing was like, <laughs> oh. a lot of people liked Hereditary. Yeah. Hereditary was very good. Yeah. It's, this is the next movie by the director. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I guess if you're not familiar with Midsummer, it is a movie starring Florence Pugh, uh, who I know her from the wrestling movie earlier this year. Right. Um, She's also in the Black Widow movie. Yeah, yeah she I is. That. I saw that. That was interesting. She's probably a girl Black Widow. It's probably like, well, I don't know. Is it like, do they train? Because they like train them, right? I don't care. Yeah. There's, a, there's that one flashback in Yeah, in the worst Marvel movie. Right. That was awful. Yeah, that was bad, actually. I remember that now. Uh, anyways, speaking about, okay, so Midsummer, a uh, movie where pretty much uh, girlfriend and boyfriend not doing great, and he wasn't listening to her at all. I was like, let's go to this fucking trip at this fucking isolated little camp thing in Sweden. Uh, in Sweden. It's going to be a good time. We're both white. We'll both end up in the same They're having this one crazy festival they have, like, every other but Um... And yeah, very cultish. The worst case scenario, I guess, happens. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for them, for, for them, people there, it's just an average Tuesday. <laughs> sure, it's just another year. Yeah, uh, I was confused. Like they have it every year, but it's like every nine years, it's special. I saw, right? I saw a thing where he clarified that the final ceremony is with the pyramid is the thing that happens every ninety years, okay. but everything else happens every year. Nice. Can I ask a question? Yes. Hello, studio audience. So, like, 
Soulmate happens every 90 years, right? Yeah. But when he's talking to the girlfriend, I don't know her name. Do you want to just come man. up and walk up to the microphone? Yes. <laughs> Studio yes. audience. The man, what's his name? I don't know. Uh, he's talking to the not much girl closer. whose parents died. Spoilers. And he's like, oh, my, I lost my parents too. They burned up in a fire. But that only happens every 90 years. It doesn't make any sense. Oh. They're all like, it could have been an unrelated fire. Really old. Anyways, okay. we will get to that. So, yeah, Midsummer. I think when you explain it, if I wrote it down in a piece of paper, and I think even the pitch itself, um, it's not the most, like, yeah, I don't know, I don't, this is going to sound very reductive. I would say it doesn't sound like the most creative or most, like, out there, like, concept. It's like, no. it's a cult movie. Yeah. Um, but it is, like, we'll see how we all feel, because I don't know, how, it's been a minute since we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just go. Um... It's fine. That's how I feel. I think what it, the things that it does well, it does very well. Everything that it, uh, with the hallucination, um, I think the actual cult dynamics weren't really fleshed out for me that much. And it just felt like I think a good cult movie allows you to get an insight on why the people here behave the way they do. And I think a not so great cult movie, or at least I don't like feeling like. I am just these guys, and this people just seem... Okay, listen, cult people can sometimes be crazy, but I like to at least kind of maybe understand that they don't seem like complete wackos bad guys. Yeah, yeah like there's a reason why There's they a do reason this. why. Besides just tradition. Just besides just tradition. Yeah, exactly. We just do it. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, and that's the sort of stuff that was missing for me for this movie. Um, like, like I never felt like really... Um, I don't know the word for it. I guess committed to the storyline. I don't know. Like, and I didn't feel like immersed in what was happening moment to moment in the way I did with Hereditary. Yeah. Um, yeah I, feel that way too. I just felt like outside of it and it never really connected with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in the same way Hereditary did, but in the same way, like even something like uh, fucking Annabelle 3. Like, I just never made a connection with this movie. I was always just kind of waiting for it to like really, really grab me. And it never did. And th- but and there are good moments. There are moments where, like I mentioned, with the, hallucin- the hallucination stuff. Looks really good. There are just some funny moments when that guy fucking pissed on the log. That was funny. Um, but overall, it's hard to say it is disappoint- disappointing because I was only I only I had high expectations only built because the last thing that is it Ari Aster mm-hmm. Ari made last time. Was so good, but it's also hard. Like when your first fucking single is like a ten out of ten, and you gotta follow that up pretty immediately. Yeah. Um. You know, and you know, I think I think the movie's fine, but it's it's hard not to walk out of the feeling of a little disappointment. Um. Yeah. No, Ryan, how do you feel? I think Hereditary is definitely more focused. Yeah, I I think that's probably where the problem lies. It also has no offense to Florence Pugh, but. Tony Collette really just fucking what? takes that movie. That, uh, that's, that's just a, runs that's all, a fair all the, Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, because Tony Collette's like the main character in like the first like half of that movie. Then it moves more into. Um, uh, Peter. Which wolf brother is it again? Alex. Alex Wolf. The good mm. wolf brother. <laughs> um, which is, again, a weird statement uh, <laughs> to, to say. Um, and that, if it was a. It was a natural and like you followed like one person. But in this one, like, Florence Pugh, like, the, she was the main character and her yeah. boyfriend, kind of. But then we'd like go off to like the other people, and they're like, not fleshed out at all. They really no, just kills. Like, like the guy who pissed on the log, he's just like, 
What the fuck? I just want some pussy. <laughs> yeah. Walter uh, was pretty funny. There was the, the the nerdy guy who was ta- who was like very invested in on this. Josh. <laughs> was that his name? Yeah, okay. I think so. Uh, he was interesting. <laughs> I liked him, um, but he never really did anything. I think just because no. he like asked the questions about things. Yeah. And he was like the one who like, you'd get an insight while everyone else was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, the boyfriend was boring. I hated him. He's a douche. Um, yeah. And then there was um their friend who was a member of the cult. Pele. Yeah, and I never got a grasp of who he was. Because he would, for me, that would have been the key guy to make that connection, to make me understand just a little bit why this cult is doing why what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because we spend so much time building this character and letting us know that he is a human, reasonable person. But once we start getting to shit going off the rails, he becomes distant and he becomes a background character. Mm -hmm. We don't hear from him again. Mm -hmm. And that is very strange because he could have been the guy that maybe weaves this together for me. Anyways, that's a that's a side. I don't know if you were done with your general feelings. I was was just like listing the characters. And also he had the brother who had the other two like outsiders and they were just, you know, just panic people who were just like, what the <laughs> yeah. hell? And they were like the rational people. <laughs> that's no, that's true. <laughs> the cult. They were like, like, you very much needed them. Yeah. You need them the first people to be like, yo, I am fucking go. <laughs> but then it's like when, when like, because they were obviously you know, going to be the first people to like disappear mm-hmm. mysteriously. Spoiler, I guess. But it's really obvious, you know, what happened to them. Because like, yeah, why did my boyfriend leave? I, I don't know. He oh, he's fucking left. He I said, I'm dipping, bro. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm from Sweden. <laughs> oh, but uh, he's, he's gone, but like, the car's coming back for you. So just like, chillax, man. Drink some more tea. And there's nothing in the tea. Definitely not pubes. <laughs> um, yeah, Carrie, how did you feel about this one? You've seen it twice. Yeah, I did see it twice. I wanted to love it a lot more than I did. And I think I liked it a little more the second time that I saw it just because I got more of an appreciation for uh, Florence Pugh's character and what she goes through. Because my favorite part of this movie is like the first 10 minutes because I think that it really... I think that's the one where it does the most narrative work for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, it's just, it feels like the most hard-hitting, powerful stuff happens in the first 10 minutes. A lot like the being of hereditary. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and like... uh, like the the part specifically where he answers the second phone call from her and she's just that's very screaming. that's done very well. I was like, oof, that was done so very well. So I was like, okay, now I'm ready. This movie's gonna fuck me up. It's gonna be great. And then it just never, yeah, never reached that true. same level again mm-hmm. for me personally. True. And the camera work in the movie is fucking great. Like overall, the technical stuff, like the sound design is incredible. Yeah, and it looks incredible. It looks beautiful. But I don't know. It just feels hollow for me but i feel like that also might be what he was going for almost Mm, maybe because like uh pele says to expect a lot of like pageantry and stuff but i don't know i i wanted to love it more and there's parts of it that i really 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 like but there's also parts of it that just didn't really i couldn't like you said i couldn't ever feel too connected to this movie yeah. Like, I really liked the part where she was, like, how Danny, that's her name, she spends the whole movie, like, walking away to cry and, like, not showing anyone what she's going through or telling herself to 
to just stop crying that everything's fine. And then at the end, she gets that catharsis moment where she's just like screaming with everyone. And there's this like hive mind throughout the right. cult where they feel each other's pain. I really liked that part, but yeah, it's a, eh. uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer, but I think it's like, it, it, it's hard that a lot of the technical stuff is done so well, but mm-hmm. a lot of the character and story stuff, I, like I forgot that how good that opening was. That it's second, so the way that second phone call thing, it like it, it is done so well. It is the closest thing we got here to the car ride home from the party in uh, Hereditary. It really sucks comparing this to Hereditary. Yeah, it sucks time. again. It's like because I don't want to do that, <laughs> no. but like. It's not completely unfair. It is not it unfair hits because a lot of the same beats. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, because it like, feels like another that, movie that from beginning, him. Yeah. That beginning scene feels a lot like that big first moment in Hereditary, yeah. except you know it's immediate. Mm-hmm. It happens in the first ten minutes, so you feel like oh, this is gonna go places like faster right, than right. yes, than right. Hereditary did. Um, but it didn't. It just it got, got sl- more distant. Than it got it got slower, yeah. and then once stuff started yeah. happening, there was like a lot of like a lot of breaks in between. Mm-hmm. And, like, the stuff that happened, like, it was, it felt just more gory than, like, scary to me. Yeah. Like, I reacted to it, obviously, because I don't like, I did not like what I saw. <laughs> it was disgusting. But that's not really what I look for. Like, it didn't, like, scare me the way, like, Hereditary no. did. Because Hereditary, like, you know, even, like, like you could look in the background and there's, like, shit happening, mm-hmm. you know? This one, that was the case, like, I remember one thing that, like, got me a little bit is, like, when she's tripping out and, like, the trees turn into, like, a face. Yeah. And I know I've told you that, George, but... You told I, me you, that. You did not notice that. Yeah, you that. told me that. Um, but I didn't notice anything else like that. Like, anything, like, looming in the in the distance. And it's that, tough because that, like, I also threat. expected the just punch you in the face gore from a cult movie. I expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Nothing. It's... Like, some of the set design was also good. Like, that one room with the patterns when she tells him that fucking whatever the hell wants to have sex with you. Oh, yeah. Um, the black and white room. Yeah, that black and white room. That looks great. Um, yeah, I think that one sex scene, I the, the, the scene where they're, they're trying to impregnate her, like, there is a... I don't know what it was trying to do. It was like it was like it was uh, awkward but it was like funny. it was like it was so funny. It was like if <laughs> if Suspiria was a rapper, right? And oh, they made a man. diss track. Uh, and then someone tried to respond to the diss track and failed <laughs> miserably. <laughs> that's what that would have been. That's what that would have been. Cuz like I felt that energy I was like this is it's that's missing true. something. Yeah. It's not uh. I don't know. Can we get was that scene I've been getting in an argument with my friend Greg about this recently because he didn't see this with me and he hated it. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that scene supposed to be funny or was it supposed to be unnerving? Right, it's hard. Because I, right? I feel like it's it was, so fucking and ridiculous. Everyone it's so crazy that there is no way in my mind that the guy who made Hereditary makes that and is like, oh yeah, that's gonna this be fucking funny. It's so it's so clearly to me anyway. I feel like it's supposed to be I funny. Think, I think it speaks. I think it's just supposed to be like off-putting but i think it's that's all i, I think from. it's i think it speaks to how unconnected and invested we were to the to the, what was yeah. going on because again when you think of the scenes in suspiria on paper it's fucking ridiculous yeah, nonsense but by that point you are so committed and it also helps the way it's done is just fucking beautiful and gorgeous mm. and i think when you're not gonna when you get that like um 
uh, what's that fucking Ed Wood fucking saying? That suspension of disbelief. When when the thing when that suspension of disbelief is broken, it just feels ridiculous. Like what the mm-hmm. fuck am I watching? This is the stupidest. That fucking raccoon is talking with that fucking tree. This is dumb bullshit. <laughs> and I think maybe that's why it was so funny. At no. least it is because. Well, because there's a lot more comedy throughout the yeah, movie. Yeah, there's like, deliberately. With, like, with Will Poulter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it was setting you up to feel that, but I don't know. I don't know. Cause it is hard, like, yeah. Because, like, it was leading up to that moment. Because yeah. she, she was like, putting her pubes in, like, his food. Yeah. She put a love I stone in his I did love sleep. that shot where it was the table and everyone had their lemonades and his was, like, three shades darker. Uh, and yeah. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like I love the build. Like, okay, she's gonna, I felt like she was gonna do something to him. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like then it'd get the cult to be like a spiritual kind of thing. Like he like gets put under like a spell kind and, of like, thing. The whole- <laughs> but like maybe he did. Like maybe maybe if I walked into that room, as far as I would be, you know, something would take over. Be like I gotta fuck now. As far I guess. as ceremony, but I didn't feel that. As far I as I, I, it just felt like he was like. As far as yeah, as far as cultish ceremonial like impregnations, um, (laughs) I feel like I've seen better. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like a clean room. I don't know, but you're you're totally right, Carrie, because everyone started laughing from that scene. Just it's so ridiculous, and uh, there is definitely a way to do that, and it's just like silence, and you just you're not laughing, you're not like ah, but you're just like unsettled. But I mean. he was going for funny. Then they were fucking nailed it. He killed it. Like, I don't, I don't know what he was going for. <laughs> that power of that old lady was like, get in there, asshole. You fucking, <laughs> 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 fucking dick, right. her, dick her down. God damn. Balls deep. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's. Oh my god, and then she starts doing the fucking Big Lebowski ass. <laughs> <laughs> Julianne Moore rolled around on the bed. Um, yeah, I guess this is. Uh, is I can't we spent most of that discussion talking about the sex scene. <laughs> Although, to be fair, what do you really talk about in this movie? I don't know. Uh, I I was going to look into this more, but I never did because I'm terrible. But uh, Ari Aster went on record saying how this, he based this story around a break breakup that he went through. So I'm just wondering who he sees himself as in this oh, movie. Right. So I'm like... And worried. Yeah, I'm also worried. <laughs> because, yeah, that stuff is the most interesting, but it's also... It's interesting when you see it in a grand picture that this really is a story about a relationship. Then it just isn't working, and yeah. we're not. Like none he, of us are. He has, he has called this letting go a, a breakup movie. Yeah, like it's just a. We refuse to like fucking let go, yeah. and yeah. I don't know. And the fact that it, it hurts because like the part where she notices that he's having sex, it's not disappoint. It's disappointing one because it is a betrayal, but also it's like we fucking know that this is happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is just the moment of just like, what the fuck am and I also, doing? You're not really surprised because the movie begins with be like, oh, my girlfriend totally. fucking sucks. Hey, now she's always sad. And she, cle- <laughs> and she clearly feels like, I don't know. And think- then, you know, that thing happens to her and they feels like obligated to yeah. stay with her. Which like, I, like that's, if if you're in that situation with someone like, hey, I know this isn't going to go much further, and that thing happens, but it's, you know, that's a, that's a but weird it's, situation. And it says something to the movie, like I said, like, it's only after you step back and look at it that oh okay i get it but that doesn't make the movie good in retrospect yeah. it's only like i i can see what you're going for but i don't know anyways midsummer it, it's it's fine i think we're only yeah. being so critical some would say it's mid mid bubber mid tier it's fine that was good I, right? I don't know i feel like this is 
Because I've seen people like really dig this. Too. Yeah, I, I've well, also seen people really dig this. Really yeah. hate this. Yeah. So it's interesting that we're in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen people who hated her, didn't like Hereditary, loved this one. I don't know. Huh. Anyways, uh, let's talk about a real movie. A real horror movie. Uh, see you later, crawl. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like I'd like to begin with an answer. This movie here. is like an eighty um, percent on Rotten Fucking Tomato. Oh yeah, people fucking love this it's movie. Not bad. It's the, not bad. The six people who saw the movie, who were the people exclusively in our theater, love this movie. Um man, so the director of The Hills Have Eyes and Piranha mm-hmm. is back with another aquatic horror adventure. This what about time, family? <laughs> it's about family. Um, Prada, I'll tell you what. Was Prada not about no, family? No, Prada knew it exactly what it was. And this one was like, it kind of knew, but it was a lot more serious. Yeah. Um, I gotta tell you what. If you're making. I couldn't take this movie seriously. But he what was. That was the weird thing. Prada is like, this is dumb garbage nonsense, and he knows it. But this but is. But was like, what's going on? Ah! <laughs> And I'm sorry, you're, you're saying this is a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, then it'd be like, I gotta sit with dad. I cannot. Like, from the get go, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? She's a swimmer. Are you goddamn. Oh my god. And he was there at every swim meet. So, yeah. This is Crawl. It's a movie about alligators, a hurricane in Florida. Uh, her, da- her dad is trapped in the basement. He got injured. Yes. I forget why. He just got injured fixing a pipe or whatever. Well, the alligator actually attacked yeah, didn't him. Didn't he get. Yeah, he, he got attacked. attacked. Oh, attack he's pipe. like, okay. Yeah, because he, he wakes oh, yeah, up because he's the like, alli- watch out, there's a gator over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, dad, I know. Um, so, her and her dog, well, his dog, uh, family dog, uh, gotta survive. Yeah. Um, Think the dog's upstairs, not in trouble at all. <laughs> and the weird thing about this movie is like, I see the higher reviews. I haven't read any of the reviews, I guess. Maybe I should read the reviews. But it's like, it's just the pitch delivered to you. It's like, <laughs> when I go to a fast food restaurant and I order the double cheeseburger, I expect the double cheeseburger. And guess what? They gave me double cheeseburger. And I walk out. Cool, great ending, great, great stinger, great punchline to end it on. But uh, um, yeah, no, that's the, what did we say about this movie? It, it does its job. It, it, it was pretty it, short. It was crawl. short. It's a nice. It's a good summer movie. I think the water effects looked too it. fake to me. My one, my one main critique is that the whole movie takes place in the basement yeah. of this house. And it all looks the same, and it feels It like looks this... like the fucking Castlevania fucking yeah. law has and, it, and it's like the biggest basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't I... even the basement. It was the crawl space yeah. underneath the basement. But like, they spent the whole you time You gotta there. take a left over there, and if you go turn right, <laughs> but you But it all looks far. the same, and how big is this place? Like, I, I've never been yeah, to like, Florida. <laughs> I've never been to Florida, because I never want to die. Yeah. <laughs> that... You don't want to become Florida Man, right? <laughs> no, because I know I will become Florida Man. But when I just there. consume the energies, yeah, will that, just consume that you. scene where she first gets to the house and is trying to find her dad, and she's just crawling around down there for like five minutes yeah. in this labyrinthian basement. It's like, what is happening? Uh, and like, it sucks because like the movie becomes in- more interesting once I get out of the basement. But like at that yeah, point, it's almost over. Like you know, it's about to be over. Like that's the like you know how at the Alamo, like they're like. All right, last call. Like, yeah, that, that's the that last is, call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hey a guys, fun thing about Elmo's. Like, well, I guess the movie's almost done. Like, quick spoiler for like what's about to happen, Hollywood. That happens like 
What do you mean it's almost over? <laughs> um, but yeah, what happens in this movie? That's like, yeah, I don't like, know. It's, a, it, yeah, it's, it's Crawl it, it 2019. It's an alligator movie. Like so, they have a house that is like right by the lake. And by a gas station. And by a gas station. But also, like, there's an alligator farm not too far. Because it is a hurricane. There's so much rain. The alligators must have escaped through the rising water levels. Well, it they got feels like the, the alligators lake. made their home there for a while. That's what... Because yeah. they had the nest. Yeah. So that was confusing. Yeah, right? So they would have escaped for a while ago. And, like, there was a lot... There was a lot of alligators outside yeah. their home. So yeah. it feels like there was... It was a mix of like, oh, the alligators just running wild because like the hurricane, but also there was a nest in their home. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe they're all congregating there or something. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't want to dissect crawls. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the dog and everyone makes it out, and then it Ooh. ends in it's credits, and then see you later, see alligator. See you later. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> great. That's yeah. so funny. That's 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 the most like we worked backwards. I want a movie to end with the song. Yes. See you later, alligator. <laughs> but no. I gotta. I we gotta make a movie for that to get later. there. Um, it's not as good as Piranha. I'll say that. I'll defend no. Piranha until day. It's dead. not an 80% of Rotten Tomatoes movie. <laughs> I, this is the most, like, sci-fi original movie. It is! Yeah. And, like, if you're into that, that's cool, I guess. But, I don't know. It doesn't do anything exceptional. No. It's not awful, but it, no. it just does its job. It's just very, yeah. It's it's the most, yeah, I saw Crawl movie of 20, like... <laughs> When we do our best oh of 2019. Most crawl movie. Most crawl movie of 2019. Because <laughs> I can't believe crawl wasn't nominated for this category. <laughs> Goes to Power Rangers. Goes to Midsummer, I guess. Whoa. Uh, so, yeah. That's crawl. We saw it. Good work, everyone. We did it. We did it. We did, we did it. I'm happy we saw it. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. I wish it was earlier. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, so the next one, this was sort of a surprise for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about the art of self-defense next. What do you mean surprise? We saw a trailer for this 18 times. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but it was surprising because I personally, George Cruz here, was a hater on this movie. I was <laughs> like, oh, this doesn't do anything for See? me. And I guess we should, I should disclose that we were given uh, free passes through Alamo for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I saw the trailer and I was like, I get where you're going from, but it wasn't really clicking with me. Um, and I think it's probably the funniest movie I've seen this year, personally. I loved the trailers. When I first um, saw the first trailer, I was like, dude, because I love the fucking dry-ass humor. Sure. It's one of my favorite things, so I was I guess it's just, I don't trust movie. people to deliver on it until I'm sure. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess that's what Hollywood they were going for. So this is a movie where Jesse Eisenberg is, I guess this is the Jesse Eisenberg role yeah, of all. Oh, role yeah. he was born to play. Like, what if Jesse Eisenberg lived the life of a guy that you think Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> would? <laughs> He's just, what if we followed Jesse Eisenberg with a camera around for two weeks <laughs> yeah. to see what happened? Yeah, he's uh, weak. He is uh, scared, scared of other like people, especially men. Doesn't like talking to people. And he wants to defend himself um, after he got um, attacked. Yes, um, trying to... he went to go find dog food for his dachshund. Yeah, great dog, great dog. dog. Thank you. Um, but he was attacked, and now he's like afraid. He's even more afraid to go outside. Yes. Yeah. So he ends up taking a um, karate class. Yes. And his teacher is a little, a little off, a little off. But um, but he respects. Him. But he respects. He respects Jesse Eisenberg, and he find and Jesse Eisenberg finally feels like he's found like a like he's finally gaining confidence. Yes. <clears throat> and it's interesting to see where they take um, his character now that he has this newfound confidence, and that's yes. what that's what I like about it especially. 
Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I love the dry humor. Um, yeah, Carrie, it's you so mentioned good. this when we were driving back home, but there's a certain belt related joke <laughs> that it's it, it's the it's like the funniest joke of all time. George, you know what I'm it talking is, about, right? It is, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. It's so. Oh, I can't like I can't even describe it. Because it's sort it's of like... so good. It's like they. It's like he had this joke and he worked backwards to make the joke. And then he ended the movie on "See you later, alligator." We were yeah. Like, what are you trying to beat, crawl? Right. It's sort of like diminutive of the art of karate mm-hmm. to make that joke. Because like, oh, you're a black belt, but that's all. But also, it's like, guys, it's, a, it's just a belt. Like, it's just a belt. But it's like, no. What if like we're a movie where these characters are committed to the bit, just die hard committed. Oh, to Oh no! The bit. And like, it's a joke that like makes sense given like his. It's character. the whole movie, also. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's such a good joke. <laughs> I hate that I can't describe it because I want everyone to see this movie because it's so freaking good. It's a very good um, movie. But yeah, it's I loved it a lot. It's definitely one of my like top five of the year. Yeah, I would say. it also kind of goes where you think it goes from the trailer. You know, mm-hmm. oh yeah, seedy no, underbelly. It, uh, it's also a lot to do with like these sort of um, you know these sort of machismo that comes with like martial arts mm-hmm. uh like any combat sport really mm-hmm. uh like this is that this character is that to the maximum it's like oh you gotta listen to because it's mainly whatever the hell mm-hmm. uh we have imogen poots who i can never pronounce her name right and i'm not sure if i pronounced I it it's Im- imogen, imogen poots mm-hmm. uh that's how i would say right anyway. she's the one uh female in the group of the karate mm-hmm. taker. She's also she teaches the she's kids. A, she's the brown belt. She's the brown belt. Yeah, who should be the black belt, mm-hmm. but she is she won't be because she's she, a woman. She's a woman. The, the and she'll never be a man. Yeah. <laughs> I realize the only thing stopping from being a man is the fact that she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so she can never be a black belt. Um yeah, it uh it it's it's incredibly dark and it's very dry and punchlines hit very well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I'm, was very, very surprised with it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what else is there to say about it. Uh, I think it it's, gets I think it's a, taz, a tad predictable, like where totally. it goes. But like, the payoff is really good, yes. especially like the ending sequence, mm-hmm. which like is so like, I feel obvious, but it happens and you're like, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy I just saw this. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Um, but yeah, I was a big, big fan. It's of also funny because like all of this shit happens, like all of it happens, but at the end of the day, it still comes back. I know this karate is just fucking serious business. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, perfect. This is the best way to yeah. end this movie. Uh, it just ends as surreal as it starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's the art of self defense. Highly recommend that one. Yes. A big, 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 big surprise for me personally. Oh boy! So the next movie you gotta talk here is probably one of the biggest movies of the year. Um, probably one of the biggest Disney projects. Conceptually, when we look at the heart of Disney, and, <laughs> and uh, like in terms of project, we are remaking The Lion King with a live action ca- version of it. And uh, I am the only person who saw this movie, huh? I mean, you're bound to get a live-action Lion King. It's just, that's the circle of life, George. Um, (laughs) And that's the Lion King. So if you listened to this podcast before, um, we're not the most excited about these live-action remakes. Honestly, after watching this, I feel like maybe I should go watch Aladdin, because at least that probably has more character and energy. And at least it fucking casted people of color, and there's like at least some spirit to it. This is just... Man. Okay, let's put that back. Lion King. 
if you aren't familiar with it, it's an animated motion picture that came out in 1993, I believe. Um, oh. Is it four? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was way off, Ryan. <laughs> Damn, I, I, I am so sorry. Jordan, are you a big fan of the original Lion King? I like it a lot. I think it, the music is the, kid, the music when, is the thing. When you were a kid, though, were you like, "This is my"? Because a lot of people are like, "The Lion King was like the film of their right. childhood." I don't think it was mine. I, yeah, me neither. It was good. Because uh, I had this argument with someone like Ryan, you didn't love the Lion King? I was like, "No, I saw it like first when I was like twelve because I watched anime as a kid." Like, I'm uh, sorry that I like the studio the audience has left the room because uh, we started talking about the Lion King 2019. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Carrie, what is your relationship to Lion King, I guess? Um, I liked the animated movie well enough. I liked... Great soundtrack, Hans Zimmer, Elton John. I went to see the Broadway production of it in, like, sixth see, grade. See, that sounds more interesting than this. I fucking loved that. This sounds so way more interesting. if I... It, like, if they would have done a live-action movie where they were, like... In the Broadway garb, right. that would have been really cool. Cats? No, not cats. <laughs> That's the problem with cats. The new cats. one. Oh, we <laughs> we will not, get no. We we're won't get into it. Catch out in December. <laughs> but <laughs> we're uh, gonna have a whole podcast of just us talking about the trailer for cats. My my friend Chris, his podcast, We Are Rotten, literally did that. They oh, had that's a whole awesome. episode just about the trailer. It was so funny. Go listen to with the We Are Rotten podcast. They're very funny. But uh. No, yeah. For so for as far as Lion King goes, the uh, the original animated movie wasn't so much a part of me growing up, but I really loved the Broadway version and a lot of the Broadway songs. I listened to those a lot more. So Are they different than the Uh my favorite one from the Broadway is the He Lives in You reprise, and I don't think that that song's in the animated no, movie that He there's... Lives in You. No, he he's no, it's not. No, it's, it's not. It's so good. Cuz there's like there's the song where he's like they live in you where Mufasa's telling Simba, that the, the more... gods and the stars right, live right, in right, him. Right. And then once Mufasa's dead, Rafiki sings to Simba and is like, look in the water, he lives in you. That's Your reflection is Mufasa, you're him. It's fine, but it's a really fucking great is, song. Um, I want to is... add that that song is from The Lion King 2, which is oh, better than The Lion King. Thank you, studio audience. <laughs> it's got the one emo lion, the, the, it the does. cute lion. Yes. It's got the hot <laughs> bad boy lion. Ooh. <laughs> See, you know what? I did like Lion King too growing up. Uh, but uh, but in, in the Broadway musical, when I saw it, at least, I don't know if they've restaged it or anything, but it did, during that, during He Lives in You, it does one of my favorite things a Broadway musical can do is when it has two characters at the front of the stage and everything else is dark and they're singing and then it gets really quiet and then the lights all go up and it's like, oh my God, there was actually 50 people on stage uh, and they all start singing and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so I love that, but... okay. No, yeah, but I think that's that sounds more interesting to me because it, it's that you can definitely through Broadway play you can get the energy of something animated mm -hmm. because you know Broadway is animated and it can be loud as it wants to be. Yet somehow, would you make a live action take, film? Yeah, it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, we take a very clinical approach to it. Um, but yeah, I think the Lion King. I think I grew up to like it more in. When I was older, because I think I realized how much people loved it, and mm -hmm. I was like, maybe let me rewatch that. I think I do have better memories of two mm -hmm. than I do of one, honestly, as a child. <laughs> that's probably because two came out on video when we were like probably like eight or nine or whatever the fuck. Probably. And I think Lion King came out literally when we were like fucking one or one years old, right. or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think I love Jeremy Irons as Oof. Scar. I know people, people, a lot of people think that this Scar is better, and I forget his. He was in uh, 12 Years a Slave and Doctor Strange. I see his name there, but I have no idea how to pronounce exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> that's the problem. But yeah, he was in Doctor Strange and 12 Years a Slave. 
Um, and I think, for what, for what the goal of this is, is to be like, it, we're making a live action Lion King movie. It is incredibly, like, in terms of the culture we're doing of Africa and all of that, there's no way we can do Matthew Broderick as Simba. We just can't do it, guys. I'm sorry. Some say we should have done it to begin with. Yeah. Some would say that. Uh, Not which... me. <laughs> um, but anyways, I'm getting off track. Anyways, so I think the, the, the whole concept of remaking The Lion King in live action, I think a lot of these movies, is that it seems like a fool's errand because it's like we can't, you can't transition the amount of energy and the, the music has already been done. And you're asking someone else to do a cover of songs, which is hard to do, which it's possible. It's we've done it, like Broadway does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do. And obviously these are so cherished things, whatever the hell. Yeah. It winds up feeling like a jukebox musical, but it's the songs from the thing. Yeah. So it's weird. Um, and this very much is what you expected it to be. And that's a shame because when the movie starts... The movie starts off so incredible, and I thought, like, oh, man, maybe I was completely wrong, because the beginning of The Lion King is the... Yeah, the circle of life. But that scene is just animals getting to the thing. Mm-hmm. And that part looks incredible, because no one's singing, no one's talking, just cool CGI animals that look real as fuck just going to this grand fucking thing. And it looks gorgeous, and it looks incredible. And when the... The Lion King has one of the best, like, title cards because it's just like, oh, boom, Lion King, bitch. <laughs> um, that hits effective. And then once people start talking, it's just like... Animals. Yeah. Sorry. It just they feels... animals. It feels weird. And the weirdest thing about it is that... Um, oh my god, what is his name? I just forgot it. Uh, James Earl Jones? Jones is here again. And I think it's awesome that he's been able to reprise this role that's that's wonderful but it's also weird because he is the one constant mm-hmm. so not only are you comparing this to the old thing because it is lion king the live action thing it's because it is being remade word for word action by action scene yeah. by scene with the same actor mm-hmm. and it's just like man you're doing great james Rosen. <laughs> you're doing fantastic love you keep doing what you're doing everyone else what are we doing here guys come on to do a better job than this and Reed you can John Oliver yeah um and you can do it scene by scene moment by moment because it has had the exact same th- scenes yeah, um that, that's my problem with the idea of this and what I've heard about this is because it's something that you can only enjoy if you've seen the first one yes like I don't think a kid could see well, this that's the I thing. don't think a person could know. see the see, new that's, Lion King that's the, the audience and that, not be like this is amazing. The audience there's that, a definitive better version of that. The audience that walked out and no longer can defend themselves because they walked out. Um, okay. They made the good point that if you're a child watching this for the first time and not having that context, if the, if the Lion King, the animated motion picture, did not exist, if the Lion King, the play, did not exist, and this was the only Lion King product, this would be fantastic, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, what an incredible motion picture. But it's been done on plenty of times better. Um, and it's just like, this is probably, I personally think this is the most, like, it just feels so off. Um, I think one of the songs. So, man, you can't, Jeremy Irons is hard to replace. Oof. And this is, no offense, I can't, again, I cannot, I won't pronounce the, uh, I will say Chiwil, no, I'm not even going to try. You know who we're talking about. Yes. 
It's <clears throat> they do a version to be prepared, but it is only it's like forty five seconds long, oh. and there is no shadow, there is no color, there is no. I feel like "Be Prepared" is one of the most underrated villain songs. It's I so feel like good. Everyone shits on it. That song's it's fucking. In- Awesome. It is amazing. I love that song. That is the song of like, yeah, this is Broadway. I this love is the great. Broadway version. That's the one. That I sounds great. To. Also, it's fucking great because it is the most over the top, the most like ah villain. Nah, it's really yeah, good. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's not fucking uh, Toxic Love by Tim Curry and Fern Gully. I mean, there are parts where Scar is <laughs> yeah, talking, you're right. Where he's just like, oh, yeah, quit pro quo. Yeah, quit pro quo. Um, right. There's no, there's no, a shining new era is tiptoeing. A shining new era is tiptoeing era. Yeah, that's not here. Teacher, just listen to teacher. Yeah. Sorry, No, it's fine. (laughs) And with that is like the people, the new people who have been placed to, you know, voice the characters. I think Donald Glover as Simba is an inspired choice and it works well, Mm. but the thing with The Lion King is that Simba's a child for most of that movie. I will say a good amount of that movie when I rewatched The Lion King this year, I forgot how little adult yeah, Simba is. Yeah, like, that's who you think of when you think Lion King. But it's not. It's like thirty percent of that movie. Yeah, it's exactly. mostly child Simba. Yeah. Um. So Donald Glover is, and, that be, and that's like the same case with like Beyonce, who people were very excited about. Yeah, Beyonce is a whole other thing in this movie. Oh. Uh, I'll get to it. Also, uh, I don't even want to spend that much time. But the thing is, my point is, Donald Glover sounds like a perfect fit as Simba, and. The Hakuna Matata version here is not as good. We have Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner uh, playing Timon and Pumbaa. I think Seth Rogen is distractingly Seth Rogen, and that's no like, no offense to him. It's just Seth Rogen, uh, and I think Billy Eichner. I think people really like Billy Eichner. I love Billy Eichner. I love Billy Eichner. I love Billy. I love Billy Eichner, but I don't know if people like Billy Eichner, Billy as uh, Timon in this one. Um, but to me, it just Didn't wasn't work. work for me. Yeah. Um, I think also because he can't sing, so they don't mm-hmm. make them sing. Like all those. Anyways, the point is, Hakuna Matata. Once they gets the Donald Glover part, once he gets old and he goes like, it means no worries, and you can hear the Donald Glover twang. And when he he keeps those notes very long, I'm like, this is killer. But there's only one or two songs with that, and there's right. not a lot of yeah. And it's like the idea of like we're gonna get Donald Glover placed. Yes, exactly. Like, Boom, but then, kill it. But then it's like they did. It's like, wait, he he's only he won't, he won't be in the movie that much. Yeah, he won't be oh. <laughs> and then there's Beyonce. <sighs> so Beyonce is Nala in this movie. My problem with Beyonce in this movie is that Beyonce sounds much wiser and older than Simba in this movie. Yeah. And it felt like she should have been better casted as uh, Simba's mother. Mm. It just does not work as Nala. Like, it just feels like she's talking to his mom. Nala's not really in the original Lion King that much, right? No, not as much as Mufasa and Simba, but she's in it less in this one, I can tell you that much. Could they not could they not afford Beyonce that much? Well, it, doesn't she have a that's song? That's the other. That's yes. She has Nala a, doesn't have a song normally. No, right? she has an exclusive. Beyonce made a song, but it's not sung as Nala. Okay. It's just sung like as a Beyonce track while Simba is making back to the Pride Land. So that's what's oh. played. So it's not even. <laughs> it's like all right, whatever. Um, that was so distracting to me. Like Beyonce is great, but I think they made a bad call. Maybe not casting her, but casting her as Nala because it just. In, if you're making a fan version, if like this is a Tumblr post, and if I was to like 
cast this that's who i would yeah. cast but it, it just doesn't work no. um in the lot the scene where it's it leaked online the part where scar <laughs> kills mufasa and slaps him in the face <laughs> fucking rick james uh, punches him <laughs> and then simba does uh, not the no is not very good um it, no. i personally think it's not it still does not it still doesn't work in in in, in person as even at the shaking cam the shaky cam wasn't doing it a disservice it's just not that good <laughs> but yeah i don't want to spend too much other time dumping on this movie when the best parts of this movie it's where it just feels like a nature documentary honestly if this was in a version of lion king with no talking I think that would have been a much more interesting exercise. Like, it's cool, but what there's no talking or singing? <laughs> but if it was just the animals behaving, that would have been... just take out the, the Lion King audio and just uh, take the audio from a David Attenborough yes, Lion yes, King exactly. documentary. Yes, exactly. Can't you see the lions? He wants to take his rightful place on the throne. <laughs> like, that would have been more interesting to me. Um... And it's also weird because the thing with these remakes is we talked about in the last episode that it's like we don't have to keep doing this because we've already seen these movies. And the thing with The Lion King is like, there's not, I know there's not going to be a surprise. I've seen this movie. Mm -hmm. If it's underwhelming now for like an hour in, the next 45 minutes, I know how this turns out. And I don't trust none. I know you guys can't do it. Uh, if they if they change like something about the Lion King, yes, to be like surprising, people are gonna hate. People it. are gonna hate That'd it. Be stupid. Yeah. So they had to make it exactly the same, and people will be like, eh. the the <laughs> one the, the one thing they expanded on. It's was, almost like it should have done to begin with. And the one thing they expanded they, on was how Rafiki was Rafiki the bamboo. Mm -hmm. How Rafiki knows that Simba is alive. Oh, uh, I haven't seen. Maybe I must be remembering this, but there's a, was there a scene in the original movie where the fur of Simba travels through a dung beetle? It travels to a giraffe, and it travels like, like no, no I, I don't think so. I thought he just split up in like a coconut. Yes, yeah, and was <laughs> like he's alive. So, yeah, so they they filled in the gaps for that part. Okay. And thank, yeah. thank God, because it made no sense before. That's the part they filled but then in. Then he found random light here and be like. Simba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's different. They changed that here, so uh, I think Rafiki's a lot well, better. Now here. I'm gonna buy my ticket. <laughs> and also, a weird special effect is so there's the part where uh, Rafiki finds Simba, and he's all like, "Your dad is, your was, your dad is a great king. You, he's still alive." And he sees the, the in the scars. The remember who you are, part. Dude, that scene. I don't know how they did it wrong. You, uh -oh. I can't see Sim. I can't see Mufasa's face, and what? I haven't been the only person like. He, he, he Those are just clouds. He doesn't appear in the sky. <laughs> it's <fly>. not obvious. <laughs> it's not. It's like that kind of looks like. A, uh, it kind of looks like Mufasa. What? It's oh, like no. a weird. Like how did you? Oh no! I, I thought it was just was me. Cool. I was like, no, I, I. <laughs> It was, I it. It was, I uh, was just looking at the sky like, huh? It was very... <laughs> what was that? And, it then was like a, and then like an arrow, like a pointer comes out and like, it's like dra one, drags the Mufasa PNG like, Simba! It <laughs> looks like one of those red circles. It's like, here, it's right here. here. Yes, exactly. It was very confusing. Here is the word sex <gasps> in the clouds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a penis in the castle. Uh, uh, also, John, Bolivar, John Oliver is... Uh, John Oliver? Yeah. 
It's he's fine. He's John yeah. Oliver, and it, it, it works. It's, it's another one of my favorite songs from the Broadway one. Is the Morning Report? So I was gonna ask you that they added that? Morning Report to the. <gasps> they did. No, I'm, no, they didn't. Oh. But I was asking you if they added Morning Report to the Broadway because they did. It's not in the original cut of Lion King. No. Yeah, I love that song. Okay. It's a good song. Um. Anyways, I'm so glad Disney remade Kimba the White Lion a second time. Yeah. I like how everyone's fucking figuring out about Kimba now. Yeah, like, now. Now that call-out culture is a thing. It's like, you know what? I remember. No one's going to care now. I remember Kimba the Lion trailers on my VHS copies of Dragon Ball. Really? Yes, I do. Pioneer. Uh, nice. Kimba the White Lion. Um, anyways, that's The Lion King. No surprises here. It my is favorite, what it was. My favorite Kimba thing is there's an interview with Matthew Brock being like, Dude, Disney's gonna make the version of Kimba, and I'm so excited to be in it. Oh, like I haven't he, seen Like, he just says it. Like, oh, I haven't seen I that. love Kimba as a kid, and I'm so excited to play Kimba in the American version. <laughs> and then, like, he was like, yeah, it's a big coincidence, I guess. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, anyways. Uh, oh, right. I was gonna say, um, can we have a quick aside? So, since then, the Mulan trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the trailer. So, yet. and I was the one, I felt like if there's one thing we can do right, I would like to see a Mulan live action because that's not, when I think the story of Mulan doesn't necessarily have to be Disney's. Like, there have been other Mulan movies made by Japanese studios, nothing to do with a Disney property. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's just a story about a, a warrior woman. That's all it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't seen it, you said, Carrie? I haven't seen the trailer. There's, always, there's no cricket, there's no Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. there's no it songs. It feels like Mulan. I did hear about which is disappointing, but at the same time, it'll at least be, be your own thing. Yes, be yeah. your own fucking thing. That's more in- an interpretation is much better than a shot yes. for shot. Yes, mm-hmm. because you're not going to do uh, make a man a review and make it better. <laughs> Such a good song. <laughs> um, so unless you get, I don't even know who they cast. I don't even know if, is a ro- is a love interest even in this one. I don't even Did know about. Mulan? Yeah, no, I think it's very. I would have cast the guy from Crazy Rich Asians and the guy from. Um, what was that movie? A Simple Favor. Simple Favor. Yes. He's in that as oh, well. Oh, yeah. I know yeah he's in that as well. He's a very handsome man. Very he's handsome. He's very handsome. Anyways. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Woo! He made another one. The ninth one, I've heard. <laughs> People <laughs> keep him. telling me. People keep telling me he has made many films, and this is the ninth of but those no films. no more than nine. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So he, at one point, he said no more than eight. But here we yeah. are. I but then everyone not... didn't like Hateful Eight, and he's like, <laughs> "Yikes!" Now he's saying, "I'm going to do ten, I believe. Mm. I'm going to do ten movies. You mean about... you mean he's going to make one more, not ten more? No, he's going to make he's gonna have <laughs> ten movies. He's going to have ten movies in total. Oh, uh, okay. Depending on if he counts Kill Bill One and Two as that's that's one movie. movie. It's okay. one movie. So Clearly I guess his, next, his last one would be his Star Trek movie, right? Oh, oh is he doing that? Yeah, it's back on. I didn't know this. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be so stupid. Yeah, it's gonna be bummer. Once upon a time in more like Hollywood, because it's such a crazy place, am I right? So I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but we were very much like, I am tired of seeing this fucking trailer for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we said that on the podcast, but I think it was the Quentin Tarantino's good. Uh, it's very good. I like Kill Bill a whole lot, and Pulp Fiction's pretty good. Um, and Death Proof is very good also. I like Hateful Eight the most. Fight me. <laughs> Yeah. I like Hateful Eight. That's probably because you're a big fan of the whodunit genre. The, yeah, mm-hmm. I have been informed by several people that I'm probably biased. Yeah. <laughs> Hateful Eight is my favorite, followed by Inglorious Bastards. I haven't seen I have only seen Hateful Eight and Inglorious Bastards. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> and I've seen need. the first third of Pulp Fiction, and I cannot finish it. But the point being is that this, 
I have lost the sort of fascination with him being one of the auteurs of motion picture right. of our like being alive currently. Mm-hmm. Him being this like the guy of cinema and film. Like, I kind of that that kind of lost its. I don't know. It just whatever. So when I saw these trailers for this movie, I was like, it just looks like a Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't fucking know. Uh, but I think for me, I guess how I feel about it, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, but back to his old style. In that it's not very loud and... Well, until the end of the movie. It's not very loud and pronounced. It's just a movie? It is pretty tame. It is very tame, and it's just a movie. I'm like, oh, this is good. And who he has in terms of Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, specifically Leonardo DiCaprio, and the character he plays, which is a broken-down man with no self-esteem, falling apart, is a very different fucking role for Leonardo DiCaprio. And it was really (laughs) interesting. Um, Yeah, it's... I liked it a whole fucking lot, and I was shocked how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think I was disappointed with how... So watching that interview like at Cannes where he got called out, that, that interviewer, oh, mm-hmm. the journalist called out, like, Margot Robbie's character was kind of just there. Uh, and Margot Robbie was like, oh, well, you know, here's how I took the character and what I did with it. And I forgot what dumb comment Quentin Tarantino... He's like, your hypothesis is wrong. Yeah, something like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she is... They do not do anything. No. It is a bummer. It is a real bummer. Like yeah. honestly, that question is now that I've seen the movie, that question isn't that unfair. It's pretty valid. It's yeah. pretty <laughs> valid, honestly. Like this feels like the most like base Margot Robbie role. Yeah. This is like if you had met this feels like if someone wanted to typecast you immediately after Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. This movie. Mm-hmm. That's what this feels like. She was just You're, told to stand there and look pretty. You are an incredibly pretty woman. Uh here you go. And that's a bummer. Uh, and I don't know what how you do a Sharon Tate character. I don't know much about it. I didn't even know yeah, she was in Valley of the Dolls. I haven't seen Valley of the Dolls. I want to see Valley of the Dolls. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it looks really pretty. I don't think, in terms of current Tarantino movies and like shots that I remember vividly, right. this doesn't have a lot of them, no. but it still looks pretty. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I liked it as much as I wanted to, just because of the, the strong reaction I've had to most of his movies that I've watched. And... Uh, I don't know. It just felt a little long for me for most of it. I found myself being bored a lot. Especially in retrospect, not knowing the story and where we get to. It's like, we didn't, we didn't yeah, need this. It, took, a little, it, it took its fucking time. And I think it knew it was taking its time and it was just trying to toy with the audience. Maybe. Yeah, very much. It felt very, yeah. But, uh... but there was a solid five minutes in there where I was like, damn, this movie's fucking awesome. And then the rest of it, I could take or leave. But I did really like, this movie made me like care about Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. More, which I didn't think I could do. Cause I really liked their relationship and I liked how they played off each other. And it kind of so, had, the movie is just them. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So it had to work. And a lot of times it's not them together really. It's mm-hmm. them separate. Um, yeah. Ryan, how'd you feel about it? I'd like to first remind everyone that if you have rated this podcast five stars on iTunes, you cannot go back and rate one stars based off Ryan's personal opinions on Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Thank you. Uh, please yeah. rate it, this podcast five stars, recommend it to your friends, Uh-oh. and you cannot take it back. But I fucking hated this Woo! movie. <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. I don't. I genuinely don't understand. People's enjoyment of this it, it, it sucks. It just sucks. Nothing happens. Not a single thing occurs in this movie. Every bit of character development that is 
meaningful happens within the first 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes of, if you cut out the driving sequences, <laughs> 10 minutes of actual things occurring in the movie. Like, he gets his flamethrower. That's important, I guess. You find out that um, his bodyguard uh, can beat up uh, Bruce Lee. And you find out that Sharon Tate is a woman who's very pretty. That's all you need to know to, to understand this movie. Sure. Once, once the only arc that actually occurs is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He becomes sad and then becomes a little less sad. That's very important. Because he's a little less sad. He's still an asshole, though. Oh, no. Everyone's still an asshole. And then nothing happens. And then the movie toys with the idea of, like, the, the big thing happening. You know, the Manson murders. The big thing happening. They even lead out to, like, here's time by time. Here's Here, the... Yeah. And it very much, you know, the trailers lead up to that. The movie flat out tells you, like, we're getting to it. And then the movie gets to it. And then I'm supposed to be surprised what um, Quentin Tarantino does with it. When I've seen Inglorious Bastards, I know how he subverts <laughs> expectations with movies. And then he subverts it, and it sucks. It sucks. Like it, it's it's funny because you what ha the last time it's good the, in the, the context the, of it existing. Maybe not great. Are you saying like in the context of a two hour and forty five minute movie? Oh, that is yeah. only twenty minutes shorter than the entirety of Grindhouse. By the yes. way, <laughs> it's only twenty yes. minutes shorter than Grindhouse. Yes, it's like you make this three hour movie, and what four of it, four minutes of it is watchable? <laughs> well, what do you mean watchable? But <laughs> Because I hate maybe entertaining is no. Because yeah. I hate. I never liked Leonardo DiCaprio's okay, character. He's sad and he just needs to get over himself. <laughs> um, we're talking about the character, not Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Himself, a right? little, little Leonardo DiCaprio asshole saving the earth. Why'd you go fuck a yourself? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, Brad Pitt, like I, he just felt like this indestructible object with no real <laughs> characterization. He's just this force who cannot be stopped. And no matter what he does throughout the film, no one even phases him. And he doesn't have any, like, genuine, like, change or even development in his character in any way. Not even like he, he's like, oh, I found I don't like Spaghetti Works. Nothing <laughs> happens that, like, changes his opinion on anything or anything interesting. And you could cut out Sharon Tate from the movie and nothing would have been affected I mean, the whole in the movie. I would say, like, the whole movie hinges on the concept of that. But you're right, as a character... Yeah. She could, you could have just said, like, oh, we're living next to Sharon Tate. She's over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead, hope nothing weird like happens 30, in the next six months. Instead, there's, like, <laughs> 30 minutes of her watching her own movie and you being, like, like, you like, oh, man, this is going to suck when she fucking dies later because it's Sharon Tate. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate this movie. I hate it. God, it's such a fucking, like, stroking of your own dick. God. I don't think it's as much, but... It's not as much as it could have Not been. as much as for Quentin Well, Tarantino. the fact that, like, he tricked people into watching three hours of nothing Maybe happening. that being the thing, because he very much he very much feels like the end bit is the most, like, what we know of Quentin Tarantino from the last few years. Yeah. And he knows that, like, I'm leading you along for this bit, and here it is, bam, it happens. Mm -hmm. We're done. Mm -hmm. Go home. Mm -hmm. We're done here. Because it very much feels that way. Right. But... I don't know. I think there. I think there are moments that are entertaining, but at the same time, it does feel superfluous. Like none of the movie, like, well, like the stuff that, like, because I could feel, like, I'd feel the audience enjoying it. And you know, I'm not gonna shit on audience enjoying a movie, but like everything that everyone else around me like was laughing at, I felt so disconnected from because I never liked the characters. I was never invested in Brad Pitt, especially just because 
he didn't feel like a character. Just felt like a like again like a force that yeah. could be stuck. The whole part with the ranch didn't do anything. That was weird. That yeah. was a weird part. And I didn't need Lena Dunham in Lena Dunham in this movie either. Oh wow, yeah. Shout out to uh oh my god. Oh, fuck, I can't believe I just forgot his name. Uh Ethan Hawke's daughter. Oh yeah. yeah. For one second. Yeah, she in this was, movie from Stranger Things. Mrs. Stranger Things was yeah. in this movie for one second. And <laughs> it was great. I love the thing that was like, no, there was no nepotism in her getting involved in this movie at all. It was like, oh, Uma Thurman's daughter? She didn't have any help getting into the Quentin Tarantino movie? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hated this. I hated this so much. Um it was so boring. Even like even like when the action stuff happened, like in the end, I didn't care. Like it got this, no it got no reaction out of this me. This made me think of uh Bone Tomahawk and uh Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine, where it's a long movie and you really don't have to watch the first hour. You just gotta watch the yeah. the last like twenty minutes. If if you don't if you're not invested, you could just watch the last twenty minutes on its own and be like, holy shit, that was awesome. I would also say like this is a movie that I think like Ryan said, like it is mostly just at the very least, kinda of nothing happens. Really. Yeah. Nothing really happens. And I would be very annoyed to read an essay someone telling me how good the nothing happens is. Right. Um, because that's obnoxious. Because like I like it fine. I don't know if I'd rewatch it. It's 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 fine. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, yeah. No, because I think you can. I think you can make like an argument that you know a movie where nothing happens. I think really cool, interesting critiques can come from that. I just don't. But it, when the fact when you right know now. that someone is writing about a Quentin Tarantino movie, that could yeah. skew your writing. Of course, writers are there are good writers in the world that could maybe, but it's also be, easy to be fall. Be honest about it. Be this, honest about yeah. it. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. It's a thing. Remember, five stars, you locked in that rating. <laughs> I think I liked you it cannot. more than Hateful Eight, though. <gasps> <laughs> I can't agree with anything you're doing right now. <laughs> um, Why do people hate that movie? I don't. I, tell me. I just feel like I, I feel like Ryan. I feel like Ryan. I'm like that movie happened when I saw it. Movie's so good. I need to rewatch it, but I very much was like that happened. I, guess. I haven't watched the extended version on Netflix, the episodic extended version yet. Oh, I didn't know that. Though, yeah, they put oh, it. Yeah, they put longer. it on Netflix and they added like a half an hour to it and they split it into four episodes. <laughs> I was like, huh. Huh. weird. Yeah, but yeah. watch the hateful eight. <laughs> okay, that's all I said. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad that. Uh, Margot Robbie got her bag. It's in a Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie. I don't know. Could have been more Kurt Russell. Yeah. Could have been more uh, Zoe Bell, but. Oh yeah, she was in that movie. Could have been more. Uh, who was cut? <laughs> Tim Roth. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Part. In the credits, Tim Roth's Tim name Roth is cut. A Tim Roth parentheses cut. Why is he in the credits? <laughs> You've got a fucking three-hour-long movie. Like an exec- you could give Tim he's like an executive producer in that too. He's an Poor executive Tim producer. That's ridiculous. Like just, ha- like just cut to him and be like, what? <laughs> I love Tim Roth. He's so great. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, it's a, a weird thing. A weird thing. Especially strange that... I don't know. This is the first... Again, this is the first movie by Quentin Tarantino that's not Weinstein uh, produced. So, him and his boy Weinstein. Yeah. Didn't he defend him at first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man, that, yes. that was, <laughs> that was, that's part of the thing that lost his lust. It was like, a, yeah. he's maybe just... Yeah, anyways. That's that. It's fine. Uh, it's Actually, I like it more than Ryan, but... 
you know. I think I think we have a, a, a clean scale here. You like it the most, I like it, meh, and Ryan hates it. <laughs> uh, Beautiful. <laughs> Wonderful. August will be the last month of summer, and we got some stuff here. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I really, so I mean, I like the title. I wish I could feel good about the Fast and Furious. I'm sad that I'm not excited about this movie. The ninth <sighs> film. Wait, is the ninth film in the franchise? It's, well, I mean, it's not it's canonically the first, nine. The ninth film from the Fast and Furious. It is a spin-off. In, in Fast and I Furious. I they made eight movies and they're like, now we're going to make a spin-off. Yeah, that's true, right? That's fun. Uh, because Tokyo Drift is canon. It is the most important one. Um... <sighs> the the way that they could fix this all for me it is the easiest way to fix it. Han is alive. Just put Han. Han is alive. Just bring him back to the dead. You did it with Michelle Rodriguez. Just bring him back to the dead. Bring him back to the dead, and everything's forgiven for me. Everything's forgiven. But as we are now, bring his car back from the dead. No, nope, not good enough. I don't understand. How bring back uh, <laughs> who's Wonder Woman? Who's the actress? Uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Bring Gal Gadot back. Uh, she's like, oh, Han, I got a phone call from Han. He's alive, actually. I don't know. Um, yeah, and eight was a bummer. It was a fucking bummer. So, I did not enjoy that movie. I like that. <laughs> That's Roman... the only one I've seen. Yeah, so I was just like, Whoa. And I walked out of that movie very <laughs> negative. Uh, I think we need new blood in the series too. They need to add more people. I know John Cena. They're adding John Cena. I wouldn't add John Cena. Oh yeah. Uh, That's not yeah. what I need. He's good in Bumblebee. He's fine in Bumblebee. Yeah. But uh. I'm not who I would have added. Like, we're just adding wrestlers. Fucking Roman Reigns is in this one. The they, Rock has been in this one. They know what they're doing. Fucking. <laughs> we should have added they, Becky Lynch. Add but, Becky Lynch to the. Add but Becky Dave, Lynch. But Dave Batista's not in it? No. Yeah, he does good movies. Right. <laughs> right. He's an artist. <laughs> I think that's what he said for this one, right? Yeah, He's like, no. He, I was like, yeah. no. That's cool. um, I have to do Stuber, please. <laughs> please, yeah. <laughs> add Becky Lynch to Fast and Furious. Isn't a uh, fucking. Oh my god, who's her name? That was a big reveal of eight. Uh, that the the Becky Lynch, Lynch was in it. No, that the mom of Decker uh, is oh, uh, wait, Picard. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Helen Mirren. Oh, yeah, yeah. Helen Mirren is the mother of uh, the guy from Dracula Untold and Jason Statham. Um, because he's dead. Anyways, what? I don't know if I'm gonna watch this. I just, I'm just I want to be excited about a Fast and Furious movie. Anyways, The Nightingale. This is, uh, this is the new movie from the director Babadook. of the Babadook. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. It looks great, and it's got Sam Claflin in it, and that's a that's a nice looking boy. <laughs> yeah. He's Finnick from the Hunger Games. If anyone doesn't, oh. doesn't you ever think about how old the Hunger Games is? You ever think about no. that? Because <laughs> I was thinking about that recently. Like, well, man, the books came out in like two thousand eight, two thousand seven, didn't they? Those were like peak, like. Um... Well, two thousand eight. That's a decade ago. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> um, anyways. And they're still just as good. They're great. Great movies. Are we excited about the prequel that's coming out? No. Suzanne Collins is writing a prequel. We all know how well prequels go. Mm. <laughs> Carrie, I can't tell if you're trying to uh, lie hunger, to yourself. or The Hunger honest. Games, The Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> Catching Fire was a good movie. It was a fantastic movie. Probably the best, like of the the of the the pitch of the pitch of you told me the story and this character (laughs) in this world. That was the best possible execution of it. So good, and it's gorgeous. Also, it's well shot. 
It's a good movie. Anyways, uh, I, this was on our last list for this month, but it has not playing here yet. So we're putting. Well, I'm assuming we'll watch the farewell. I want to. In I really August. want to. This is fantastic. It's got Aquafina. Uh, yeah. It has a dog. It has a dog. I've heard, yeah, I see A24 promoting this dog, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> you're, not, you're not showing the movie anywhere. Speaking of which, I didn't know A24 was involved with Euphoria. I didn't know that. That's yep. one of their first TV shows. So there you go. Um, so maybe I will watch it. I mean, they also put it. Didn't they put out Assassination Nation? Or was no, that, that was Neil. Oh. Yeah, I think so. But it's the same. The director of right, you Assassination is the showrunner for Euphoria, which is yeah. what makes it be like. I hate He's like that. director, writer, and yeah. Yeah. And producer is Drake and Future. I love Euphoria. Anyways, uh, so we'll see the farewell. I should li- listen to that podcast episode. Uh, the Art of Racing in the Rain. I'm not familiar with this. This is a, another one of those uh, old man is the voice of a dog movies. Oh, oh right. <laughs> this, this time it's Kevin Costner. And yeah, he's a I puppy that this. gets adopted yes, by a NASCAR racer this. who falls in love with Amanda Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried. Oof, I and heard that name And then the dog grows up. What first reform? Letters from Juliet, Amanda Seyfried. I'm gonna think of someone else. First reform. Yeah, no, that's her. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh yeah, she was. Mamma mia. She was in first reform. Wow, I forgot. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no. This this uh, I I was seeing. I think it was when I went to see Rocket Man with my mom. They played a trailer yeah, for watch this. That. It, it's I'm, bu- I'm bummed but, that uh, And they played a trailer for this, and mom was like, oh, I'm not seeing that. The dog's definitely going to die. And I was like, well, you don't know that the dog's going to die. And then it's like, from the producers of Marley and Me. And I was like, Yikes. <laughs> Maybe. From the visionary directors of Marley and Me. <laughs> from every single person who brought you Marley and Me. What is The Kitchen? That's the one with Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Yes, Moss I am so excited uh, for this. Hinton. Yes, I want to see this. Good. This movie looks like it's going to bomb, but I'm excited about <laughs> it. It looks, it's like this year's Widows. Yes. But, Except it's about the Irish Mafia. But it looks cool. I'm excited about that. Okay, and cool. And I am giving Melissa McCarthy another chance because she was really good in uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Because I watched uh-huh. that and that movie was awesome. And she was really good in that. So I think... I'm excited for The Kitchen. Yes. Also, I think they, DC shut down Vertigo, so... Because this is a DC Vertigo movie. Anyways, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Huh. I I, want to see Dora and the Lost City of Gold. You want to? I want to see it. I want to see it too. It looks ridiculous. (laughs) But like, is it supposed to be? I mean, the trailer had the bit. I don't know if you guys saw the newest trailer where it has the bit where they're sitting at the table. Yeah, and she's like, can you say, and And then then he's like, she just does that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I was like, okay, so they get it. Cool, they get it. Um, but like, if, also, you're not, if you're not doing that, then how is this a Dora movie? What do you mean? Like, if, if it's not like that. Oh, if it's oh. not her looking at the camera being like, do you see the But they, they, it's an, they, they clearly get it. It seems like it's like a, it's like all grown up, Dora. The but it's all, still like a PG Nickelodeon movie. Sure. I mean, all grown up, the TV like show wasn't them like, fucking and shit. <laughs> 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 that fucking Rugrats all grown up. Tommy tries weed. Yeah. Oh no. Um, yeah. Dill Pickle has a uh, yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for building on my bit so yeah. effortlessly. Like this, that, time Tom, this time Tommy actually gives Phil to a bunch of monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been thinking about that recently. All grown up. 
know about how <laughs> Tommy <laughs> almost killed his almost, little brother. You had this fucking baby toy. Who's gonna fucking do it? Oh man, that's it awesome. was a it was a bottle of banana. That's uh, right. Yeah. And monkeys like nanners. Anyways, I want to see Dora the Explorer because they're at least they are not ignoring the fact that listen, Dora the Explorer was a show that at its heart we made it to teach kids Spanish. But we all—it is Latino. We can't erase that. So we're hiring Eduardo to make. I don't like his sense of humor always, but he's probably one of the biggest comedy stars, uh, Latino comedy stars. So he's in it. I'm glad he's getting a paycheck. Culturally, I respect the how far they're going to the bit, and I want to see it because of that. That's pretty much it, really. Um, and also the fact that like the comment they actually got Swiper the fox in it. There's a fox named Swiper. He's got a bandana. There is a monkey in her backpack. So, you know, I think they realize how ridiculous the concept yeah. of it is. So I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, scary stories to tell in the dark. I feel like we're gonna be disappointed by this one. Uh, probably, but it looks awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't believe it. It's gonna probably be as good as Goosebumps. Twenty. It'll be a little I like edgier goosebumps. than Goosebumps. I like Goosebumps. Yeah, goosebumps was all right. So this I'm will not, at least be more visually. I don't think anyone saw a sequel, though. No, no one cares. <laughs> I, saw, I saw, it's on Netflix, and we were scrolling through it, and they played the little clip trailers on when you stop on a thing, and it was, uh, there was a, a red balloon floating down the street or something, or it came out of the sewer, and, uh, Jack Black was like, I knew it! I knew I thought of that first! It's <laughs> like, oh, well, I bet that's the best part of the movie. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, but I hope it's good, and I'm excited that it is coming so soon, so I just know now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Blinded by the Light. I've seen posters for this. I don't think I've seen the trailer for this. Uh, a guy who uh, is Pakistani, I believe, and he learns how to accept himself and love himself through listening to the music of Bruce Springsteen. That sounds like I knew there was like a Bruce Springsteen connection there. Um, okay, well, all right. Angry Birds two <laughs> in August. Angry Birds movie two yeah. in August. Yes. This I think this is gonna do bad. Do anybody? How, you think? how do you how how could a how could a movie that's the fault to a, a touchstone of cinema like the Angry Bird movie Angry possibly Birds do wasn't bad? bad. Culturally okay. though, culturally though, Angry Birds was already kind of done. Oh, now yeah, they are sure. fucking done. Yeah. So it's like, why are we well, doing now? This? It's like the movie is the thing. No one plays the game anymore. Oh, that's They're true, like, man. oh, the movie was good. <laughs> I don't think. And it was like, the movie was really good. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, but I was looking at the cast. Right. I was looking at the cast for this movie, and there's a lot of YouTubers in it. And I was oh. like, like JoJo Siwa and David Dobrik and Colleen Ballinger, and I was like, oh. A.K.A. Miranda Sings. Oh. And Jojo Siwa, the Jojo Bows girl from Dance Moms. You know? Mm. Blonde, the, the blonde girl. I guess that like, makes sense. Look at the back, Jojo. She talks really fast. And she's obnoxious. Her makeup products that were being sold in Claire's had asbestos in them. Mm. <laughs> and now she's in the Angry Birds movie, too. <laughs> that's fun. What is Good Boys? I don't know any of these movies. Oh. That's, that's the trailer I'm fucking tired of. It's yeah. the one with the kid from Room, and it's the three boys. It's super bad, but they're younger. It's funny because they're children saying fuck. Much like the other Seth Rogen film where it was funny because it was a hot dog saying fuck. That's exactly the energy that I was feeling from that movie. You see, 
Maybe if I didn't see Booksmart this year, right. I'd be a little interested. <laughs> and they have the fucking same song in the trailer, too. Oh, yeah, that's what's so weird. Mm-hmm. They re-released Booksmart for a little bit there. I saw that. Mm-hmm. It comes out on digital and Blu-ray in August. Woo-hoo. Did that movie do well? Did Booksmart do yeah, well? Yeah, I don't know. No. Because Annapurna's hanging by a thread, I guess. Well, it came out like in a busy... It came out the same it day did. as Aladdin. So, At this point, I'm just expecting Annapurna to be a video game publisher. Well, you know what? Uh, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. They made another 47 Meters Down movie. Apparently. Why didn't they make another Shark Night movie? I don't know. <laughs> Why didn't they make another Shallows? Hmm? In my mind, Shallows is better than I think it is, but that might be just because it, it was it Blake Lively. It's Blake Lively yeah. I was like, I think I think it's just because Blake Lively was very pretty. I think you're just thinking of Steven Seagal. Her seagull friend, who she named oh, Steven Seagull. Right. <laughs> I think I just remember fond memories of that movie because that Sia song that was very ridiculous. The fucking bird set free over the credits. Yes. That was another funny credits bit. Yeah. <laughs> bird set free. And I was like, oh, Steven Seagull's yeah. free. <laughs> uh, and the camera was like up her butt the entire movie. Yeah. That was a thing. Anyways, ready or not? Oh, that movie! movie I'm excited! Yeah, this this is the one about the uh, she gets married to like some game, like board board game dynasty, Hasbro ass. Yeah, and it turns out they get married, and then at their like dinner ceremony, it's like, oh, we're gonna play the game, and we have to play the final ceremony of the night before she's final, like a a concrete member. We're gonna play hide and seek, Uh, but it's deadly. Crazy. Yeah. It looks like it's almost gonna be Cabin in the Woods because there's a line in there about how she's a sacrifice, and it's like, what's gonna happen if she doesn't get sacrificed? Oh, <laughs> I need to rewatch Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. I've mentioned it multiple times in this podcast. And I've asked you, oh, like, has that movie aged well? But... I haven't rewatched it in the last like two years. I watched it in a lot a of years. It's been a while for me too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. Hopefully, I think so. Anyway. I mean, it was written by Josh Wheaton, so Josh yeah. Wheaton. So that's. It was directed sucks. by the guy who did Daredevil. Drew, Drew, uh, Drew Goddard. Yeah. Drew Goddard. What do uh, you yeah. mean, the guy who did Bad Times at the El Royale? That's, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think of. It's a shame that that happened to him. Excuse me. Financially, I mean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's what's August. There's some stuff here that I'm interested. I I I'm interested to see how Scary Stories comes. I'm at it. Yeah. I'm as glad it exists. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm happy it exists. Um, I found I found one of my scary stories books, so I'll reread that. Cool. <laughs> so I was like, I know I had these books, and my mom was like, I don't remember those at all. And I was like, Mom, no, we had these. And then I went in my room, found it, and I came out. And I was like, Ha! Huh? She's like, Oh, good. You proved me wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you expect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I threw it at her. And I ran down the stairs. And I said, Fuck you, Mom. Damn. <laughs> Well, folks, that's another episode. Uh, if you listened to this episode and enjoyed it, it would mean a lot if you rate and review us on iTunes and give us five stars. Or just let us know. Uh, tell Ryan how he's wrong about yeah. Once Upon a Time. Oh, Island. please. Yeah, that sounds I like... encourage it. Ryan, where can people find you? On the internet. Oh, you don't want to throw your ad out? <laughs> at car, car, <laughs> at, at oh car underscore E Lyles L Y M E T T B D S. You or, don't know my name is, do you? <laughs> uh, duh, duh, Jerry uh, Kyles? 
I had another guy at work today, another customer, call me Kari. And I was like, Kari? What? Because that's why my Twitter name is like oh. that. Because people, for some reason, since my name is spelled with a K instead of a C, uh, you can send it Kari. to at Nick <laughs> underscore is underscore online. Yeah, underscore. there we go. That's the one. That's my at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's private anyway, so it doesn't matter. Or, or at Mr. Pim Official, if you want to actually follow. Or my actual Twitter at is K-A-R underscore E-Liles, L-Y-L-E-S. Uh, and you find me at jcruzalvarez26. <laughs> Until next time, we will see you then. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>